This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. Listeners of the morning brief, please note that today's episode contains depictions and first-person accounts of cyberbullying, mental abuse and sexual harassment that some may find disturbing. On the 1st of January, amidst the loud New Year celebration and multicolour fireworks up in the sky, a shameful incident came to light from the dark corners of the internet. Remember, in a shocking incident, a social media app listed Muslim women for auction. Photos of hundreds of Muslim women were uploaded on the Bully by app. Netizens and politicians expressed outrage. FIRs have been filed. Arrests have still not been made. What exactly is this bully by case? Hundreds of Indian Muslim women woke up to panic calls from relatives or even derogatory messages from strangers as their photographs were published without their consent on a wild app called Bullybuy. The application mock auctioned these women off to bidders in an attempt to insult, dehumanize and commodify them. What's more shocking is that this is at least the fifth such incident in less than one year. Last July, a similar application called Sully Deals subjected women to similar harassment. Bully and Sully are derogatory terms used to refer to Muslim women. I saw that there were a number of messages of my friends who had uh, seen my picture on the app and they were informing me that so-and-so had taken place. Along with screenshots, I also uh, saw a screen grab video um, in which I I could see all the filth on the app. And well, that's how I came to know it. Uh, of course, it was very triggering. It made me, it was very, um, it made me very, very angry, but it wasn't very surprising because this wasn't the first time this was happening with me. It initially was very triggering and, and um, very humiliating and very, it made me feel violated. And eventually it just made me really angry. That was Hasiba Amin national convener of Indian National Congress's social media department. And listening to her ordeal makes one feel very traumatized, disheartened and insecure. On this episode, we also spoke to N.S. Napinai, senior practitioner before the Supreme Court of India and founder of cyber security awareness platform CyberSati. We will also hear from E.T.'s Krishna Kumar, who has been closely following the investigation in this case. It's the 7th of January. I'm your host, Bhavya Dilip Kumar. You're listening to Bully by No Country for Women on The Morning Brief, making sense of the biggest stories in business, economy, politics and markets. The open source app Bully by targeted several Muslim women, but the communal aspect is not the only common thread here. In most cases, the victims are also vocal critics of various government policies and social conventions. I mean, I think the what's common in all the women is that they are all we are all vocal Muslim women, very clearly. Women who have been speaking up against injustices happening in our country, women who have been speaking up against even against the government when policies are being made which are um, not fair or all that that's happening in our country, we have been speaking up um, against it. 
Women's rights activist Sidra Patel said in an interview and I quote the most shocking part about the whole Bullibai incident is that it isn't very shocking anymore Hasiba told us that this cyber harassment incident through the Bullibai app that we are talking about is not something very new So the first incident was uh, when this mock auction uh, took place in May during Eid on YouTube. So this handle called Liberal Dodge or Dog, however it's pronounced, D O G E, and I think Keshu something on YouTube. These two handles uh, had hosted um, uh, a live YouTube video where, like, on the live there was on the screen there was a woman, like there were women's pictures and there were men who were passing very lewd comments and like you could hear. the audio of the men um the second one was when the similar thing took place on twitter this is when it happened with me which was also in may where a couple of a uh, number of us are um, we were auctioned off like a mock auctioned off on twitter the third time this happened was the sully deals app the fourth incident that took place was uh, this well happened on clubhouse as well when it happened on clubhouse it happened not only with muslim women there were some non muslim women as well but the women the non muslim women who were on who were being auctioned off were women who were who supported us when the solidils incident happened and who had hosted who had spoken up for us and who had hosted clubhouse sessions supporting us so it happened with those set of women along with other muslim women and this is the fifth such incident which has taken place Many have pointed out that the inaction from authorities in these previous instances emboldened the perpetrators. If quick action was taken by the authorities against those responsible for silly deals and the harassment of women on Twitter, the bully buy incident could have been completely avoided. According to a recent report by the Economic Times, India saw a rise in cyber crimes against women between 2018 and 2020 with cases filed for publishing sexually explicit content online increasing by a whopping 110%. Here's advocate Napinai. Amnesty International did this toxic Twitter study which talked about or which uh, focused on uh, women politicians and it Uh, gave numbers to the extent of possibly hate uh, messages on Twitter against women politicians, numbering about ten thousand per day. So hate crimes are indeed increasing. I believe that um, possibly the reason could be that the culprits think that they can get away with it. The present case of uploading women's photos, auctioning them and basically commodifying them is a clear case of privacy violation. While the app said that it was auctioning women, it was meant to insult the women involved. An attempt of trafficking has not taken place. So what does the law say about this? Considering the kind of personalities who have been covered in it, etc., it's obviously not meant to be trafficking. It's meant more to decimate their uh, morale, decimate their, uh, you know, uh, stature, etc. So now we are still relying on general laws. For instance, you would have provisions under the IPC, which would be for outraging modesty of women, and you have offences under the IT Act, which uh, deal with dissemination of obscene or um, um, sexually explicit content. And if it deals with minors, then uh, for child pornography, etc. the provision under the it act which has the heading of privacy is not really 
what you and I would perceive as privacy, even if it is a photograph of our face, and if somebody is reproducing it without our permission, we would want rights for removal of that content. Now, those kind of rights will come into play only after the personal data protection law, which is now the Data Protection Act, in fact, which the Joint Parliamentary Committee has finally given its report on. If that becomes a law, we would have much stronger rights in terms of privacy per se. Bullybuy app was hosted on a platform called GitHub. Now, what is GitHub? How is it actually different from other platforms like, say, Facebook? Do the same rules apply to it as other social media websites? For whatever I know of it, GitHub is just a platform which helps you to develop software, to use the open source tools which it has. In a kind of like, you can also do this collaborative processes. So, for instance, uh, if we want to work on a document together, we would use a Google Drive, right? So, we would all be working on the same document at the same time, but from different locations. So, here is an option for, uh, uh, for developing software in similar fashion. So, GitHub is a hosting platform. What you host on it and how you use it is up to the user. So the real culprit here is the person who has set up this website or app and not necessarily the entity which is hosting it. The hosting platform will have the same uh, protections under Section 79 of the IT Act as will the social media platforms as an intermediary. However, the responsibility and liability also is equal or on par. So GitHub cannot shy away from cooperating with the law enforcement agencies, ensuring expedited takedowns, ensuring blocking of certain content which is hosted on its platform because that's something they are bound to do. And if they don't do that, then they are equally liable as the person who abused their platform. So GitHub says that it has taken down the link, but it is not ready to reveal the identity or any information about the first originator of the app. Just a few months back, when the government came out with intermediary guidelines for the existing IT Act, there was a debate on whether platforms should share the identity of the first originator with the government during some circumstances. And this is definitely one such circumstance. In a latest development, we heard that the Mumbai police has nabbed and has arrested a few suspects in connection with the Bullybuy app case. The uh, derogatory app case, a third arrest has been made in that. Uh, Mumbai police has in fact arrested one more student. Remember, the first two arrests in this case have also been made by the Mumbai police. So what has happened since the press conference that in the police commissioner has informed us that the third arrest has been done. He's been detained and he's been brought. They have to do the procedures for transit remand to bring that suspect back to Mumbai. The suspect is also from Uttarakhand and he's also part of the same group that was involved in posting these pictures and uh, getting people to put some nasty comments on the pictures of this Muslim woman. That was my colleague from ED, Krishna Kumar, or KK as we call him. As of now, the, see, the investigation is at a preliminary stage. That's what uh, the Mumbai Police Commissioner uh, has also said today. It's at a preliminary stage, but 
what we are hearing from sources is that the first arrest of this guy the 21 year old from bengaluru vishal jha so that guy has some technical knowledge and he has collaborated along with at least maybe uh, as of now because that the cop suspect uh, at least around five to six people were there or there could be more so they are saying that they collaborated with this girl uh, this 18 year old girl shweta these guys that have been arrested they probably believe that they are the main guys who are involved prima facie it feels like that the other question that i wanted to ask you was the one common thread apart from all of the victims were women and all of the victims were most of them at least were very vocal about several issues and they were criticizing the government on social media was also that they all belong to a particular community muslim community so i mean this is also not the first time we are hearing this particular community being attacked under this government so how do you view this in the sense are the hate crimes increasing and is it also being normalized for me the the worrisome factor is if it's being highlighted in twitter and on social media that about this crimes i believe that there was always people who are making hate speeches and whatever it's just that it twitter uh, and facebook and social media it, it's being magnified uh, a lot the the problem according to me is when the people when the uh, cops don't take any action the delhi police has a lot to answer for on why the sully deals app why they have not been able to make any arrests on that it's been all like several months since that incident has happened unless you start catching people there won't be a deterrent and unless there is a deterrent these things will keep happening and then there will be questions that are they being normalized like it's a normal thing like you just can't say anything in the internet to any to the muslim community or anybody else and get away with it but we also want the government to speak here right so in that sense uh, what has been the stand of the central government and the state government so far so that it gives an assurance that things are being taken very seriously well the central government of from what i have seen is that they have said which which is a problematic stance is they have said that the uh, they have blocked the app now just blocking the app is not a solution that the same thing happened with the saladin's app okay the internet is such that you can create another app and that is what has happened in in 7 to 8 months another app has been created and i'm i'm telling you that if this mumbai police had not acted on it arrested these people this thing would have continued this thing would have continued and they uh, what the mumbai police is saying is that this was also a part of uh, they're trying to prove whether this was part of a conspiracy uh, whether to create a discord between two communities because they adopted sikh identities khalsa and other twitter handles to promote this so they are trying to investigate that also so you had mentioned very valid point about the uh, bringing in the sikh community here we were also seeing some media houses putting across news like hindu women are also targeted why are you not seeing this kind of it's basically diluting the issue right so uh, what is exactly happening here i mean are we seeing forces trying to make it into a politics where the the problem cannot be addressed here some people are think that even hindu women are being abused 
they are also being abused. There is no doubt in that, that they are also being abused. However, what is happening is that nobody wants to step back. There are no, there, there is no, uh, in the past at least there were some leaders or community leaders who tried to make people say, see sense or take a back seat or whatever, cool down tempers. Our no, in this scenario, what we are seeing is that everybody has a stake in raising the temperatures for their own benefit. So nobody's taking a back seat and this is like a free fall now. This is, unless somebody steps in, things are going out of hand. And what's more disturbing is that the ecosystem of hatred towards women, towards a particular community is growing in the country. There has been an ecosystem of hatred and dehumanization which has been created since a couple of years now. Um, if you see online the kind of language that is being used against um, uh, Muslims, this mental picture is being created in people's minds of um, uh, of an imaginary Muslim. Or key, this is how they live. This is what they do. This is how they are. They are our enemies. They are bad guys. Um, this, this has been going on since a very long time now. Now, not just the Muslim community, all the minorities, in fact, um, this this ecosystem of hate which has been created and which has been propagated for so long, we are we are basically just seeing the result of that. We are seeing this turn into reality when hatred is sown like this in the society. There are, you know, history has been um, history will history has taught us that when you spread hatred to this extent, things like this are bound to happen. So. They have been brainwashed into actually believing all of these things. They actually probably believe that we are uh, objects who are meant to be uh, sold, who are meant to be treated like this, who are meant to be um, lynched maybe uh, someday. So they genuinely believe in all these things. Hasiba told us that if a prompt action was taken, this could have been completely avoided. However, beyond the fact that it obviously takes time for a victim to first make the complaint and approach the authorities, the nature of these crimes or the lack of adequate technology know-how for the police or the relevant authorities are also to be blamed for the delay in action. I have been involved in teaching police and judges for the last nearly 17-18 years now. So it's been an ongoing process for police and the system to equip themselves to combat and deal with this heavy technology-enabled crimes and violations. We also are dealing with legacy systems. So, for instance, we had when uh, Bombay uh, had its... Okay, at that time it was still Bombay, now it's Mumbai. So, Mumbai had one of the finest uh, cybercrime cells Everybody was well equipped. We had spent a lot of time training them and also to train them to become trainers. And I was part of this initiative. I, in fact, spearheaded this initiative where uh, the Mumbai police uh, had set up a lab, a cyber lab, and we used to train hands-on every weekend. So I spent nearly two years or every weekend for two years in this project in terms of uh, training various uh, police personnel in understanding how cyber crimes work. But then what happens is they have to go through this process of uh, being uh, transferred and shifted out, etc. because that's a legacy system. And then you lose a very well-trained team and then you have to start all over from scratch. And we are talking about a metro. 
imagine as it percolates down the technology abilities of youngsters in tier 4 tier 5 tier 2 etc cities towns etc is very very powerful and strong but the systems may not be as powerful or strong so as you percolate down to satellite towns etc you are dealing with the a system which is very archaic so the policeman at a village level is more used to dealing with the theft or maybe an occasional murder etc they may not be well equipped to deal with cyber crimes i'm sure many would want to know this so let's say my picture is being uploaded on any of the platforms like this without my consent what are the next steps that i should do often i have noted that most victims do not wish to initiate criminal action or uh, court cases etc their ultimate uh, goal is to just protect their rights so today you have a lot of rights even in terms of approaching the platform itself you can write to the platform every platform is now mandated to have a grievance officer and it doesn't matter if they are not a significant social media intermediary the grievance officer requirement is for every platform and the grievance officer is expected to address the victims uh, request for a takedown within 24 hours if it involves uh, sexually uh, explicit content even if it is morphed even if it is just a deep fake often there is a lot of confusion in the minds of people but that's not me would i still have that right and i have dealt with some very scary and worrisome cases and i really thank the brave heart victims who actually came forward to fight and who would not sit back and relax this was a case of morphing of a young girl's uh, picture into nude uh, photography and dissemination of that and it took 9 months for her to get a uh, fir registered 9 months for something it is which is so obvious and in those kind of cases i have come across these kind of absurd doubts where even law enforcement is confused into thinking but it was a morphed picture it is not her picture but isn't it still affecting her rights right that's what they really need to and the law doesn't look at the difference it takes courage it takes healing and it takes all the support to overcome the scar the incidents like bully by or sully leels leave on a woman they say globalization is here they say we are entering a revolutionary world and technology is a great equalizer but the distinction of online and offline virtual or physical is far too less when it comes to women the online hate comments virtual abuse living in the fear of possible physical violence ends up silencing women yet again the present targeted communal harassment and lack of a strong voice from the government disapproving these violences only prove that the voices of the minorities are silenced yet again as a victim of these incidents it's hard to come out and speak up but it's equally hard to not speak out like napin i puts it the second thought shouldn't be shame but to come out and take actions legally and moreover to be aware of one's own rights i'd let hasiba have the last word 
with a good number of women that I have been speaking to their families are extremely worried many of them did remove their pictures from their social media from everywhere on social media many of them have decided to tone down many have locked their profiles uh, so a lot has changed for uh, many women i know of that if people are okay with it then i think they should go ahead and file fir's when something like this happens because um it is a crime and uh, the police need to take action and we do have a legal system that is supposed to take action if you are unable to or if it is too uh, taxing or triggering for you to do that then maybe reach out uh, to other women who are going through a similar thing um i think what keeps us sane through all of this even me right now is the sisterhood that we have developed with the other women who have gone through similar who have gone through the same ordeal and all of us um, help keep each other sane and all of us have been speaking to each other asking about well being so that also really helps so i think these two things one is reaching out and talking to people um, who are also going through the same thing it really helps thanks a lot hasiba napinay and krishna kumar you were listening to bully by no country for women on the morning brief with me your host bhavya dilip kumar this episode was produced by my colleague nehal chalyawala from the economic times and soundara jayachandran from avas varun kapahi was the sound editor from avas executive producer arijit barman the morning brief airs on tuesdays thursdays and fridays keep listening and have a good day all edited sound clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners credits mentioned in the description below